Kia ora, kia ora ana, and welcome to the Touch Project podcast. This is episode 22. Uh, what is this? Our third to last. We've got two more after this, and then Kuomutsu, all done for season one uh, of uh, the Touch Project podcast. Today we catch up with the head coach of our New Zealand open mixed Touch Black squad, uh, the brother from Friendly Fielding. As I understand it, Hikapini joins us uh, for a good old-fashioned conversation. Man, I completely forgot that we were recording. I completely forgot that it was a podcast interview. It was just, man, like catching up with one of the boys. And I really, really enjoyed it. We, I lost the line of questioning halfway through this. And, and I guess you can see that in the fact that um, we sat down for the best part of an hour and just had a really good yarn. So, uh, yeah, grab some snacks. Enjoy this one. Hikapini, our Touch Blacks open. Mixed Head Coach for episode 22 of the Touch Project Podcast. Kilda. I got my man Hicks on the phone. What's up, brother? How are you? Uh, brother. Um, and thanks for the invitation to be on um, the podcast. It's an awesome co papa, and like like they say, you reap what you sow. So, um, and you're sowed an awesome seed. Uh, with this cape up, we're loving it. I appreciate that, my bro. But no, the the uh, the the privilege is all mine, my friend. I I am uh, I'm really looking forward to to chopping it up and, and talking footy with you, my mate. I, I you know, there's uh, a few people as I as I sort of got into touch footy that I sort of uh, you know it wrote on my little list of people that I want to get to know a little bit better. And and Hicks was on that list, bro. So you know, it, it's it's been really cool to sort of just you know uh, see you and 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 cool it all at the the tournaments. And so I'm really looking forward to getting to know you and your story a little bit better in, in this uh, in this podcast so I appreciate the appreciate the the chance to sit down and have a chat albeit through the phone brother how's the how's the firstly how's the the lockdown period been for you, you you've been I guess coping with uh with with the with the last sort of three levels as we get out of things I will be loving loving lockdown <laughs> yeah. um I, I teach at a could cope up in Ōtaki so I've been teaching online and it's a whole new space of learning. Mm. Um, so, no, nah, I mean, we're, we're in a really good routine where, where I live. Um, so um, it looks like, well, we're going back to Kura on the 18th. Mm. So uh, this will be the last week. Um, but the kids, are, they can't wait to get back to Kura and yeah. um, be good to see all the kids and, and the other staff members. One of the one of the things, bro, I wanted to chuck at you, Hicks, just before I guess we get into some of the touch questions, is do you think your your I guess your relationship with Del Maori and and I guess the the uh, the fact that that plays a huge part in your life has has a, a, an effect on I guess your coaching ability or your style uh, as as you sort of navigate the the high performance realm. You know the the fact that you're so committed to uh, to Te Ao Maori or our Maori culture does that sort of you know bleed into your approach to coaching? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, um, he Māori taku te tero ki te ao, so I, I, I see the world through a, through a Māori lens. Um, and there's a lot of different, um, you know, different stories and, and proverbs you can um, you, you can utilise um, in different situations. So, yeah, yeah, it is, um, you know, it's all about the revitalisation of the language for me and passing that on to, to my son, um, to our son. So, yeah, it is, it is I guess it is how I see the world mm. um, and, and probably more so probably acknowledge um, other cultures more yeah. because I'm so you know love love our cap culture pet so mm. so yeah it's definitely it's definitely um, definitely I guess it, it's just you know it, it's just how it is I guess mm. it's very natural 
walk us through your your I guess your story in terms of the of, of how you came across Touchback. Wind wind the clock right back, Hicks. Take us back to the beginning. When did you first discover this this touch footy and and uh, what was that first moment like? Your first memory in the sport. I remember as a kid, man. I'm from a little place called Friendly Fielding. So I remember just growing up um, playing some version of touch on the road. Mm. Uh, our house was that sort of house that the neighbours would come. So that's probably the first time. But it was just mucking around, and I'm the youngest of. Um, I've got four older brothers, so you, you learn quickly. But we probably really started. I went to an immersion in 1992 in a little place called Blenheim or Makamarai, and I met another guy the same age. His name's Jared Cutter, and he was in the New Zealand secondary school's touch team. And um, man, I'd never seen anyone play touch like him. And mm. so for the next couple of years. Him and I sort of lived together, and I was a hardcore surfer. That was me from when I was four until I was about 20. That's all I did and all I wanted to do. Um, but slowly hanging out with him, he got me into touch. So I um, joined my first um, touch club, Tumiki Touch in Ōtaki. Nice. Uh, played mix there and played for the Monaco men's team also. But I think where I really fell in love with it, I made the Horofunua Open Mix team, and there was two divisions back then, mm. and we were in the P grade. We went to Whangarei, 1994-95. I still remember, Pat, like, going to the March Pass, man, there was hundreds of teams. Um, I remember the sprint, they used to have a sprint, and yeah. um, that year, the speed from Northland, won it, man, it was a speedster, and I just fell in love with the whole vibe. Back then, at the end of the tournament, you would have a function, but you'd have this big, huge kai first, massive hakari, and then you'd go in and, um, you know, have a good night. So when I come back from that, that I was sold, and yeah. and um, so that's where it, it started for me in 1994. Yeah. And and I'm 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 hearing mixed a lot. So has mixed always been your great hicks? Is that is that always been the the grade for you? It's where I started with two Mickey Cups, a, a mixed mixed club. But I also played um, module stuff. I played a lot of men. Mm. But uh, my first year, I just didn't think I was good enough to draw for the HK men. Um, they were consistently making the B grand final. Um, so I I made the mixed team, not thinking I was going to make it. And then I just sort of stuck there as a, as a player right until I sort of hung up the boots so so yeah yeah mixed has probably been been the grade but I've you know coached in, in, in boys and girls stuff but uh yeah yeah bro that's probably where I've spent most of my time what is it about touch uh that you that you really love you know obviously the the, the people connection and you and you sort of have alluded to that and and, and I and I absolutely get that oh, I love that that's that's why I love touch but is there is there a particular facet about the game that you think yo this is why this is the greatest sport this is why I love it I, I probably fell in love with the speed of the game you know just how I grew up playing rugby um but just you know you don't have as much time um, and, and touch to make decisions and, and so, so the speed um, still a lot of that that flair you know that um, and you still see it on the on the on the big stage but um, the social side you know I've, I've got friends I met way back then over 20 years ago that I'm still really close friends with so the friendships you build those bonds um, for life um, and and yeah it's just it's, it's just one of those games eh, Pat, that yeah. you, when you first see it at a high level, you want a piece of it, so mm. yeah, those are probably a couple of things that, that stand out for me. Mm. And obviously, you, now you're one of our three coaches for the Touchplex. Uh, you know, you're our open mix coach, but I guess it had to start somewhere. So um, once you hung the boots up and, and you thought, "Yo, I'm going to give this coaching thing a go," walk us through, um, you know, your 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 journey, the the hikoi from from I guess where you started in the coaching to I guess being one of our big three now. What what's that been like, bro? It wasn't something I. 
I sort of had as a goal. Um, but I had a really good, I had a couple of really good um, coaches myself, and and they left. And when they left, no one really really picked it up. So just started doing a little bit more at training, and then you know a few people just sort of said, you know, you should you should give it a go. Um, so we went in really blind, um, not really knowing, not really having the template. Yeah. Um, and then then slowly, I think it's when players just acknowledge that you've you've helped them. Mm. You know, um, help them grow or help them with a skill, um, and and then it just all all happened really quick. Um, to be honest, um, and, and I guess it, you just keep rolling, rolling with it. So I don't know when it started, but I, I do remember when I got the bug for it, um, and I was thinking, look, I, I can't play and, and coach. I, I gave it a go and done, didn't do very well, bro. So yeah. I thought something's got to give. So so yeah, I eventually just just put my Name in the hat, um, and you know, through our process here in Hornifinger Carpentry, and got got the role there, um, and then then just just went for it. Really, mm. I guess that when the opportunity to uh, to coach the the touch blacks, the open mixed, uh, came along, um, what was your first initial reaction to the prospect of putting your name forward for that? Walk us through that. So, two thousand and eleven, I was coaching our seventy mixed team in the nationals was in was an issues and I remember rocking up to the march and a lady come up and says, hey, um, Peter Walters wants to talk to you. Mm. Um, he wants you to coach the New Zealand 70 team. And I was like, hey, <laughs> I don't even know there was a team. <laughs> and um, she says, but you've got to, you can't coach your team. You have to go around and help select the New Zealand team. And I just says, oh, man, I, I can't believe I've been asked, but I can't let my team, you know, I, I can't do that. So, um, and um, she, she was in my ear and she said, well, can you at least go and talk to Pete? Yeah. And, and so I did. I went up to Pete and Pete says, yep, he's, um, you know, we, we like what you're doing and, and want you to, to, to coach the team. And I said, oh, Pete, can you give me a day to think about it? Um, I, I just didn't didn't have the belief in myself Pat, that I was the, the right person. So went home. We were driving home every day and then I spoke with my wife and then I realised I'll give it a crack. So I rang Pete the next day while I was driving up to, to Palmy from Motaki and um, I said, yeah, man, I'm super keen. And he goes, oh, we've got a couple of other people that I've asked and um, I'm going to have to interview you and get back to you. And I went, and I was straight on, oh. hey, <laughs> now nah, that you, you hit me up, I'm, and, yeah. you know, I'm, 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 I'm keen. And he goes, well, you know, um, I'm going to have to get back to you. So I just said, oh, well, thanks, thanks for the opportunity and, and hopefully it all works out. Yeah. So I hung up and about 10 seconds later, he ran straight back and says, um, you got the job. I just wanted to make sure that you you really wanted it. Oh and so, wow! Yeah, and so I went away with the the seventy mix to Sydney. My first tour, green as the grass, bro. Honestly, I thought I knew some stuff, but when I got to Aussie um, and the, the the coaches I was up against and the players, man, it was a big eye opener. So I was lucky enough to get the job again in two thousand and twelve. Mm. So two thousand seventeen, Michelle Cooper was my manager, um, and Pam was our tour manager. Yeah, and Peter Walters and Tony Lagerheto were the coaching support the next year is when I first met Mama B and she was the manager um, I had um, I was lucky enough Pete Walters gave me a big hand in selecting that group so I had a better understanding I was just a better prepared so I've done that tour for two years um, and then um, bang 2013 um, Peter Walters rings me again Ooh. and asked was I interested in coaching the New Zealand 30 mix and um, my wife was in the team, and I said, um, oh, wow, um, 
Oh, I said, Trout, well, yeah, man, I'll be really keen. I said, but I've got to talk to my wife. This is this is her gig. Yeah. And I don't really want to, you know. So she was sweet. So I rang her back. And I only had about three months to prepare. And that was huge, bro, because I had to coach. You know, there was Wade Sharp, mm. uh, George Yonkei, Stevie Wall, you know, and these guys. Wade and George won a World Cup in 1999. Yeah, yeah. The mix. Um, Stevie Wall was in Japan and then won a World Cup in 07 again with Wade. Um, you know, had, had other players, Steve Toki, uh, Tristan Munna, um, Grant Robinson, to name a few, Annette. So coaching the youth to go to coach, you know, the quality of, of those players was, man, I had to really, really sit down and make sure that um, what I was talking, you know, I wasn't getting found at. So yeah. that, was, that was an interesting step for me. And then 2014, the New Zealand Māori decided to send two teams to a uh, indigenous tournament in, yeah. um, in the Gold Coast. So Stephen Wall and I took the New Zealand 21 men. Um, players like Ngarohi, Magavi Black, Joe Toe, Damien Darlington, Atafai Osborne. And we played Aripa, uh, Remus, and Tipa Pankura in, in the final there in the Queensland men's team. Um, and so that was another, um, you know, another learning curve coaching at that level. Yeah. Um, I got to play New Zealand's Thirties Maoris at the Indigenous um, World Cup of Rotorua. Jason Puddles was the coach and called me in. They lost a few players um, in the first game, so I got rung in to play. So you play. I got to play with Mike Daly, um, Faith Henetote, who were players I looked up to. Um, so learned so much from those players. Got to play with uh, Cecily Stanton and um, and um, the Beasleys, and we won gold with back in the thirties, but. As a player in that environment, it was I'd never been in an environment like that where the onus was on you to get your role right. And if mm. you didn't, uh, Steve Stanton, man, she'd let you know yeah, um, exactly yeah. what you should be doing. So you just didn't want to let the team down. So mm. a, another leaf in the learning book. And then 2015, um, I was lucky enough to be the coach of the Series World Cup. And Kath Philippine, as you know, mm. was our manager. Mm. Lovely Kath and Tipu was uh, the gopher. Yeah. And then I got to work with lovely Woodhouse and Sean Brown, two other players I'd seen come through the, the New Zealand Open mix. So I guess I was working with these players that were really helping my coaching. And, um, you know, the 2015 World Cup, a few things that stand out. One is the, you know, we had those contingent dinners um, at where we had our dinner. And we had a lot of speakers that night, but I still remember Peter Mack talked about sacrifice. Mm. Leon Skinner Powder, he talked about, and he didn't even pre- prepare speech powder, he talked about um, what it meant for him. Um, and he's got a young family now, and they were, they were going to watch him play, and the attitude you need to take on the Aussies. And then lastly, Mike Daly, he, he was my assistant coach, uh, but when he spoke, you, you could hear a pin drop, and, yeah. and he talked about, um, yeah, he, he really pumped us all up, to be honest. You know, when we, when we left the dinner, I was walking out with Troy Skinner, and Troy just says, did you hear my daily speech? He goes, mate, I'm ready to play those Aussies now. Yeah. Um, just so much passion. And then 2016, um, sorry, I went around the, around the bush to get to um, uh, when I first debuted as a touchbacks coach. I, I, I sort of got a, a, a bit of a tap on the shoulder to put my name forward. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I wasn't, I, I, I hadn't thought about it. I, uh, Tony Nuggetel was the, was the coach before. Um, and you know the standard that that Tony coached at, um, and, and we've gone at it at nationals as, as coaches. Um, so, Horofino Cubs at the time we were on a really good run from 2012 to 
with um, being a five finals, won two silver and three gold. So I was just all comfortable at, at, at coaching there and mm. looking at the youth stuff was what I was looking at. There was a youth Tasman in 2017. So I was, I was looking at that yeah. job and then I just got told, you know, just put your name forward. And so I, I'd done that and then we had a, um, they flew all the coaches up to Auckland and there was quite a few of us and me and Damien Burden have been on tours together and I asked him if you put your name forward. He said, yeah, I said, I'll tell you what, if you got the job, I'll, I'll be more than happy to be your assistant. Mm. Um, and, and he said the same. So, yeah, we got the, we got the nod. Um, and um, Damien and I, we, we're quite yin. And so, Rach, as you know, Rach, she yes. was the yin for us. Um, and she, she's just real calm, professional, always smiling, never gets stressed. So, she was honestly so good for, for me and my first year because I was, Although I was nervous, I was really upbeat about it. Yeah. I just, I was just, just stoked to be in there. But yeah, um, yeah that was that's the little journey how I got to uh, putting my name forward in, in two thousand and sixteen. Mm. Did uh, did did Lungers give you any advice? I guess when you when you were given the responsibility of that of that role, he did. He said, um, you know, make it your team, but, but don't um, you know, don't try and. and and live in his shoes or, or anyone else's. You've, you've got to make it your team, and and the players will, will will appreciate that more than you trying to coach like some other coach. So Tony's not a man of, of, of much words, you know. But the advice he's given me over the years, he's always been on the money, Tony. So mm. that was that, that was really good advice um, coming coming from from Tony. Mm. I want to ask you, Hicks, because this is this is something that comes up a lot in, I guess, in recent conversations with with us at counties is, is, as we look at the approach uh, in line with what Sport New Zealand is, is talking about. You know, the, the rep side of things for our kids, and obviously, Touch New Zealand have put out some directives around the IPS restructure and, and all that sort of jazz. And so, I wanted to throw this at you because you're our you're our head coach for our our Touch Blacks at an, at an open mix level. What are your thoughts on on the the role that that grey has at an IPS level, you know, say IPS is to continue in some shape or form. Do you think that mixed is a grade that's appropriate for tens, twelves, fourteens? Yeah, definitely. You know, I've been a supporting coach all grades in IPS. I've coached girls, boys, and mixed. So I have a lot of memories and attachments. Um, you know, IPS and it's it's a part of of my touch canvas. So you know, these players in the touchbacks like Bailey Warby, Cody Tote. Uh, when we talk, just to name a few of the touchbacks that have, have coached at IPS, mm. uh, giving back. So, yeah, mixed grades are, are just as important. You see the unity and friendships formed at an early age. Um, girls and boys working together at, at an early age and continue right through life. So I strongly agree there's a place. Mm. And even for some parents, you know, managing today at higher levels, they started in IPS or come from other sports in those age groups. Um, you know, I remember watching two touchbacks who played mixed and men's for the New Zealand Touch Blacks, uh, Connor Palmatato and Ash Robinson. I remember them going at an IPS when they were young pups and with interesting haircuts. And, and you knew they were you were watching sort of some really good talent. One had no ears, Pat, and the other one had big ears. <laughs> and I'll let you work out who's who. But um, <laughs> yeah, definitely, I definitely see there's a, a place for, for mixed and IPS. Yeah. Is, is, um, 
I guess because I, I I've taken some stuff from because we had I had Connor on earlier and I had a yarn with him and I've and I, we had Niall on the other day and she talked about how important it was for her to play mix before she she went into you know specialises in women's in the women's grade before obviously the sevens thing and even Shah Shah said the same thing that she was really you know um, fortunate to, to have played a bit of mix so as a mix coach uh, do you, what do you look for I guess do 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 you think you know what you would be a really really good mix player because you've got all the attributes that make a good mixed player? Because I would assume that there's some sort of, um, there's, a, there's a mixed mentality. Would you agree? I, I think there was. You know, I think there was that era where, well, if you look at the Bay of Plenty era, where, you know, they're the best of all time. I, I don't know if anyone's going to match how many titles they won, but they specifically played mixed. Um, and then you had, you know, Canterbury as a small university then, and, and all those men played men along with the others, like the Auckland and, and the Waikato. Um, and then the women, so it, there was that era in New Zealand where whatever you played at, at provincial level, that's where you were selected in, in New Zealand. But now, now um, I had a listen to all those people you talked about, mm. um, Connor, Shah, Taya, um, and it was awesome to hear, hear the Chris Noel, you know, just how passionate she is about mixed touch. I think it was great to hear her because, you know, she's looked up, so many people look up to, you know, young girls playing today. And I thought she she put it really well, but um, yeah, I guess there are different skills. But the skill set you're looking for is actually a touch player, you know. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, um, but then you see the players that are quite passionate about mixed touch or, or passionate about women. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we we've been lucky to get a few that, that have come over. So Cody Toki is a, a good example. She she played women touch backs, and um, we managed to, to grab grab Cody, um, and she had played a lot of mix, but her, her skill set, um, her vision, she's actually a really good ball player, just really fitted the, the mould, um, and it's a bit of an evolution of the, the Link Gill now. The Link Gill uh, was always a real grinding player, um, but, but now the, the Link Gill has got to have a little bit of a um, heads up, but you know, when there's a three on two, she's got to be able to read a situation with the ball in hand. Yeah. So the skill set's definitely growing, um, growing in the, the mixed ladies' role. Um, and it's not, I guess, as, as black and white as it, it may have been in the roles uh, previous. Um, but those players in the years past, you know, Bannister, Stanton, just to name a few, mm. man, they're world-class. And, and they've, they've set the standard. I think mentally, you've got to be so mentally tough and, and, and fit. So they've definitely missed their mark. Um, in, in the touch mix. I mean, everyone wants to represent New Zealand, and I understand that. But I'm curious. I've picked up a lot from a lot of the people that I've spoken to that um, that mixed is 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 not where they're aiming. So how do how do you, I guess, deal with that in your coaching style to to let them know that hey, we still expect exactly what you would be expected to do in an open men's or an open women's grade. Um, this is this isn't second tier. Uh, we still expect the best. Like, how was your approach going into that? Into that, brother? Um, yeah, it's pretty easy to be honest, Pat. Like, you know, you only get a you only get a small window mm. of opportunity to represent your country, um, whether it be mixed women's or men. So, when you get that opportunity, um, if you're thinking too far ahead, um, and you let this opportunity slip, that, that next opportunity that may be your biggest goal, it, it may not come. So, yeah. you know, with, with our group, we, we, our whole foundation and in in our mixed group is around values and culture. Yeah. And um, so when we lay that out, it's, it's a very easy cope up for us. So if, if you want to be a part of this, um, then we lay that out. So, yeah, it, 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 
you know, to wear the ferns and, and the elite team mm. uh, in our country, and especially uh, the touch black mix, um, have such a, a golden history. You know, they won in 99 and, and in 07. So mm. there's, there's, there's a lot to live up for and a lot to live up to. Um, so in, in my small time um, in the role, I haven't had any haven't had any issues. I've had a couple that have, you know, let me know that they would like to uh, pursue the woman um, um, or men um, at a later date. Yeah. And, and I'm all for that, you know, I'm all for that. Um, but if you make, if you debut in the mixed team, you know, you really got to uh, knuckle down and, and put the put the mahi in. Uh, because, you know, the, the, you know, Raul or, or Gene, they might not look at you if, you if they see you're not putting in 100 in the mixed or if you're not putting 100 in the women's. Mm. So um, we're on a bit of a, a you know, basically on the same level as coaches is, is ultimately, you know, what we're, what we're looking for. Yeah. I, I I noted there the small window because I, I wrote that in my notes to to bring out with you and, and I asked Raul the same question and, and I'll eventually I'll ask Jean because I want to know, um, you know, what, what, what do you put in place, Hicks, around ha- having such a small window in terms of the time you spend with uh, with, a, with a team prior to a camp uh, or prior to a, to a series or, or, a, or a campaign? So how do you use that time wisely? What parameters do you put in place to make sure that you are absolutely achieving the, the objectives of, of camps? Um. Definitely, what I've learned to see up our manager Rach, um, she's she's all quality, knows her role. She's really strong with communication and around logistics. It's all the touchbacks uh, managers are, and and she's the real backbone of our group. Goes on and beyond with Rach, um, and she does it with a smile and a real stress-free attitude. Um, and then with Damien Bird, my assistant coach, who has qualities and strengths that complement our program. It's a real collective effort and, and helps with my planning to design a, it's a real mobile frame yeah. through learning and lessons. Um, so we do a lot of mahi before we get into camp. So when we get into camp, it, it's all more quality focused around our time. Um, and lastly, having Peter Mack, who's a real guiding presence um, that's been in our shoes mm. many times. We, we try and get a lot more mahi done um, in the non-contact space. So when we get contact, uh, like like you said, it, it is a small window that you've got to make the most of that time. Mm. Uh, otherwise, you're on the back foot. So that's that's probably the model um, that we've designed at the moment that that, um, that that works for us. It all starts with attitude, eh? um, attitude and work ethic. It's, it's very important. And physical preparation, they're all connected. So it's the area that the player's always growing and, and at times, you know, battling with life. Um, you know, you may know someone, but, but do you understand them? So yeah. to prepare a group physically, you have to understand the situation. Support them more so when, when we aren't together, so mm. we can build up support for them in their environment. Uh, we gather a lot of data. I'm in a lot of tournaments to get around and work out a plan that can, you know, that is consistent. If, for the younger players, Pat, you know, sort of built up relationships with people in their area so we can keep an eye on them. Yeah. Um, we had three groups uh, before World Cup. Auckland, Waikato and Otago so we could keep regular tabs on, on them through our coaches and leadership group um, so we could really grow in that space and we have standards that we set at our camp our values and cultures I, I guess I, I keep harping on about are our foundation pillars um, but, but a quick story um, to support that I had a young player I coached in 2015 his name uh, Hayden Phillips um, and he passed on some good standards he was part of the Black Sticks 
New Zealand 21 men's team at that time. Um, and they had to hit a 20 in the yo-yo pack, and if they didn't, they had to grab their bag, yell at them, they were sent home. Um, wow. So that, they, they had a line they drew around preparation for camp. Um, he went on to play for the Black Sticks um, at the Olympics. Uh, young Hayden from home here. And um, those hockey players, man, they, they, they just live and breathe fitness. And um, 2015, you know, is when he, when he passed on that knowledge and he ended up winning the gold medal with us. So, mm. you know, you always wanted to pre- prepare the players for the, their full potential, eh, you know, because they want to do our country, our iwi and, and their family proud. So, yeah, that, that's probably a, um, a big part of, of, if you look at it as a canvas, a big part of the shading that, that you know, the players um, and us as a collective group mm. uh, have to make really clear. Mm. You mentioned earlier, I guess, the the honour of wearing the fern and running out there in the black singlet. How do you uh, support, you know, players in your role as a coach uh, in high-pressure situations? You know, how do you keep spirits high, especially when, when the pressure is at that level? Yeah, a lot of players um, at different ages, you know, around, around pressure and, and very different. And then, obviously, you're working with women and men. So spending time observing them under pressure in their clubs, provinces and sparking that conversation with, with them at those times and drawing out the experience. Um, and I remember the first time I got to work alongside Winnie Takara in 2016, I, I watched him win gold in Christchurch in 2005. Uh, he was in the Auckland Youth Boys. So I'd watched him a lot in Nationals, Māori, Whakatane and New Zealand. So he was a lot easier to go to for those moments to sort of draw out. With the young players that very you know, carefree, humble. You know, mm. our players are very humble and quiet. So you draw on different tactics. You have to put in, put things into real time and be honest um, in your own learnings and open up simulation or pressure and scenarios. Yeah. Push their boundaries. I think the good thing, getting them out of their comfort zone mm. just to see how they react um, helps grow, grow pressure. Um, players like Wade Sharp and Stevie Wall, who I work with, they always prepared themselves for pressure and they would always debrief those moments and be real honest and open. Yeah. So that's that's something I learn along the way. One-on-ones with players is, is a real safe tool mm. because sometimes players don't feel comfortable speaking in front of the group. Um, but you've got to go to that dark place eh, and experience what's that like and, and reflect. So mm. keep it up the spirits, Pat. You know, yeah. sometimes go to your leadership group to spark the group and, uh, give the team time just as a, as a team without the coaches and managers there and, and other times um, throw up some real fun fun challenges um, it just helps um, growing an environment but I guess for personally um, pressure because I'm a little bit older than the players that I coach I just draw on my own um, environments of pressure and you talked about you know um, about me um, dedicating to, to my Māori tanga so I was part of a band called Iwi and um, I was the original member and we, we used to practice twice a week for 10 years <clears throat> um, just to nail our craft and you know we went on to win a New Zealand win a New Zealand Tui Music Award even though that wasn't really our focus but all our songs were in Māori pet so the pressure to get gigs wasn't easy and we managed to push push out that stuff because of our our guiding principles so our big message was about promoting positive messages through our music for our youth yeah. and, and that just kept Kept the drive, so we come up against some interesting pressure moments. You know, performing at, at different um, different events that were uh, a bit radical here and there. But when you know what your goal is and you're committed to it, you, you seem to push through 
those type of pressures. Um, I remember my last paper for my teaching degree, um, the, the, the marker that said that I hadn't explained one of the key areas enough three days out from from the you know the, the yeah. state it was closed off um, manual party. That was pressure. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I had to shut down everything else in my life and just focus um, because once you missed the deadline, that, that was it. I would have to wait for another year. So I guess you just seem to, when you know what the goal is and you're all in, um, you just seem to find a way through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I guess a lot of my pressure moments haven't been, hadn't really been through touch until I got to the touchback stuff I could draw on um, other areas. But being in those big pressure moments and, and touch have, have taught me a lot, you know. Go back to watch the, the World Cup in 2019, it, was, it wasn't it was easy to, to, yeah. to watch that, but I knew I had to watch it um, to see the areas that, that, that I sort of uh, let the group down. So mm. it took three weeks before I watched it, and I've, I've probably watched it a dozen times now, um, just to, to make sure that, um, you know, where, where, where did I, where was I under pressure, and, you know, where can I, um, improve if I get another opportunity. Mm. It's funny you mentioned the, the the 19 World Cup because obviously we we had uh, uh, my beautiful friend Tony uh, Tony Wall on and and she says she hasn't watched the World Cup final and and even uh, Tama uh, Tums uh, Guthrie says that he hasn't watched the 15 final from you know from from back then and and he he doesn't know when he'll be ready to watch that final and and. Um, Whereas you know, the, on the flip side of that, I've talked to to Raul, and and he's you know he absolutely has, has watched it and sort of broken it down and, and and had a look at areas and 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 you just mentioned now that that you've watched it a while, so interesting, eh? Because yeah, you're right. Pressure uh, caters to to different audiences, and everybody sort of uh, I guess encounters that that pressure differently. So depending on on who you are and where you're at in life is is how I guess you you approach that that uh, that challenge, eh? Yeah, sometimes you know when you're coaching live, you know that that. That's where it's at. So when you're not watching the game because you're, you're speaking with a player, you miss you miss some big stuff, Pat. So yeah. going back and, and watching those those things, you know, when I watched a couple of things, I, because I'd never seen it, um, that, that's where the learning was for me. And and, um, and so, yeah, I mean, you've got to watch the tape, you know. You've got to watch the tape and, um, and if you're open to it, you know, you're going you're gonna to learn. Yeah, you know, can we just just off touch for a second because you just mentioned something that I did not know about you, Hicks, is that, and I don't know if you know this about me, but for the best part of uh, seven years, I worked in Māori radio. So, uh, you know, I, I, my first radio gig was at uh, Ngāiwi FM in Paurua and at, you're broadcasting to, to the Hauraki and then I was at uh, Moana Radio in Tauranga for a while and, and had a syndicated show on the Iwi Network and I remember your album from a while back and uh, and I remember that being like on high rotate on the TMP, um, you know, uh, lists that they'd send out uh, for for Marty Radio. So small world, my man. How freaky is that that you're you were in Iwi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just what happened? Um, just got, got a phone call. Got a got a former band, so I went along to the Sui, and then next thing, man, we're at a place practicing, and that that was just a unreal roller coaster. So yeah. I was in the in the band for ten years. We dropped our first album and. In '98, um, so cool. I've got a few few friends at, at Ngai, Len Penny. I remember he was there, and yes. uh, Marcus Tokiri. Marcus, uh, my man, uh, Reno. Yep. You know Reno, the, the yeah Reno, Reno. yeah no Reno. My first boss. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah so we, we, we've done a couple of shows actually um, over the years for Ngai FM and um, different every radio. So, oh, so yeah, man, and, and that's a that's a buzz. 
that's such a real buzz. Um, so cool. yeah, small world. I didn't yeah, know you were radio. Well, it no, was... one, no wonder you got that radio voice, bro. Yeah, well, I got <laughs> I got the radio face too, Cassie. Um, the yeah, the the. <laughs> what did I? Uh, where was I? Uh, what I wanted to talk to you about, bro, is I guess uh, evolving, uh, well, moving on from the pressure. Um, you know, you have the responsibility, I guess, of, of helping your players evolve. But how, how do you ensure that, you know, as a coach, Hicks, you're evolving? What do you do to put in place to make sure that you're, you're growing? I, I don't know if it's something that's not really on my mind a lot, but I guess I, I watch a lot of things. You know, I watch a lot of games uh, live, um, keep myself in tune. Um, one thing I do, I, I ring a lot of different friends from a lot of different areas and I run ideas past them and ask them to watch different footage and mm. see what they see and what extensions um, they see and, and then I'll add, add what, I, what I feel and, and I guess that's a form of, of evolving um, yeah. always makes uh, a clear picture of myself and where I guess where I am at in the game um, but I just love watching our game, I watch hours and hours of our game um, I talk to myself, my wife knows when I'm in the touch mode because <laughs> um, I'm talking to myself <laughs> um, I guess uh, having Peter Mack as a mentor, um, he gives me regular feedback, and and we have some have some awesome coordinators, you know, um, robust at times, which is great because you know you, you don't always want to be hearing, you know, all this awesome stuff. You know, you, you need to hear the real yeah. stuff, and um, and because the respect's there, it's it's really easy for me to listen to Pete. Um, Working with Walters, you know, I've doing a bit of commentary with Walters. Always, always pick Pete's brain. Um, he's the one that gave me my first opportunity, so build up a real good relationship with Pete. And um, so, that once again, you know, it's a, another method. Um, but I've got a, a friend. He taught me how to surf when I was younger, and he's um, he works in mental rehabilitation. And now sometimes it's it's not about the technical stuff in the game, um, Pat. It's about you know, your, your delivery and, and detail, mm. you know, and probably the biggest thing, I think it's people skills, you know, evolving, working with so many different personalities of, of wahine and, and men at different ages that come from different backgrounds. Um, I, once you start understanding people, I think that's the real growth. You know, you really grow as, as, as not just a coach, but as a person. So that's an area that I'm, I'm actually really it's like a new dawn, you know, understanding people, you know, yeah. you can know someone like I said before, but do you understand them? So yeah, that's probably an area of growth that I'm exploring. Mm. Is, is there, I guess, uh, an extension from that question is, is there a piece of advice that you hold on to that I guess someone's given you and, and, and you've sort of applied that and, and, and you hold close that advice. Can you share that with us? It, it comes from actually uh, the players, uh, the group I had, the group I had from 2000 and, so sort of 2009, I had this young group of players here from Hordofino Carpeti, and we went right through to 2017 was the, was the last year I coached them. We won our first title in 2012. So 2013, we were in this whole new space we'd never been in. Um, and we knew we had a target on our back. So focused on two areas. One was micro skills and, and getting fit. But the other one, which came from them, was more clarity. Mm. and more simplicity of what we were doing and, and sort of breaking things down, being very clear and using real simple terms. Um, and, and that's a tool that, that I feel was, was successful for us at, at that level. 
um, and it's a tool I'm, I'm constantly trying to sharpen um, yeah, clarity and simplicity. I think mm. you can utilize that in, in any sport and, you know, different parts of our life. What are some uh, what are some players uh, that 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 you have coached in, in your time, whether it be at provincial level club or, or in your role now as, as the the open men, uh, open uh, mixed uh, coach that you've just had to pinch yourself and go, man, you are something else. Yeah, Wade Sharp, Stevie Warby, right up there, like just so so complete. Um, that that'd be probably two two at the top of the list um, that I've that I've worked with. Um, Wouldn't we talk today? You know, when I come on in 2016, um, Wouldn't we and Mark Hodson, the Tauranga boy Mark, they they had my back from the get go, Mm. and and right through, uh, right through, you know. um, So yeah, that those would be four people um, sort of right up there. The young fellow I've known since he was about seven, names Tanira Cooper. and he, he's he's come so far as a, as a touch player, a rugby league player. Uh, he's a teacher. Um, so he's another one that's, um, you know, when you, it's, it's like I said before, you know, you work with players so much, you think you know them, but then they pick up a new school and they become leaders and, and those sort of things. So, yeah, that'd be, um, that, that'd be right up there for me. Um, and then, you know, Ken Ashworth and uh, Nicole Drummond had them for the four years. Um, two real astute ladies um, put the work in, um, and, and also had had our backs through that time. But you know, there's a young there's a young player named Shan Tormody, um, and I've watched that young fella grow, um, and I can see why he has um, leadership qualities in the Waikato men. Mm. Um, and he's got a cool story, you know, how he's come through to, to be where he is. So yeah, it's. Um, That'll be just a few to name uh, um, for myself um, mm. along the way. Um, it, it probably in terms of freak talent, you know, that I've seen. I took Ashton Robson with me 2012 to Sydney, and um, it was our last game we were playing. Uh, we were out out west and we were playing Parramatta, and they were the best um, junior mixed team in, in Sydney. And we were down by one with about two minutes to go, and sent, sent Ashton out. And says, oh, yeah, we want you to run this play. And he says, oh, but you said, you know, we're not running those plays. We need a, it's, it's a team team play. We want to utilize. I says, no, no, you got to run this play. So he went out, scored. And then there's about 30 seconds to go. And he was in the sub box. And I sent him out again. And um, out of nothing, man, he just plucked it. And, and you talk about watching players do something to make you go, wow. Yeah. Um, he's one. And probably the other one would be a young fellow named Chucky Namanga. Um, that I've had a lot to do with, yeah, just X Factor, you know, that X Factor around them. Um, so yeah, yeah, there'd, there'd be a few there for you. Mm. Well, what is it? What is it that you look for? You know, because you might be commentating and 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 you might be watching and you're thinking, geez, that, that kid's got it, or or you know, you, you you're watching online and someone sends in a, a tape of someone and you and you click on the link and you think, freak, freakish talent. What is it? What is it that stands out for you? What are you looking for in your capacity as somebody who could potentially be selecting a member of the of the open mixed New Zealand team? Well, I think if you go back to the the youth nationals. Um, Pat, you just emceed. Uh, there's a young boy from um, Tetai Tokero. And I think he might have only been about 13, 13, 14. But he knew what was in front of him. You know, he didn't, it wasn't something that was coached. 
He looked at the situation, read the situation perfect, pulled out this unreal whack off his left foot and, and dove under. So it's always good to see players that that um, understand the situation that, that they're in. Mm-hmm. You know, they can see see what's happening and, and read a situation. Um, and even if they get it wrong, Pat, it's, it's, it's not that. It's that they made a decision. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, different players, you know, you might see someone that's um, got a beautiful beautiful path, you know, and think, uh, keep an eye on them, or someone that's just working working their butt off in, in defence and a really good communicator. And So, yeah, there's all different triggers, you know, that you see and you think, man, I'd like to work with that player and, and hopefully just add a nice little layer on top as they go through and, the, yeah. and their growth. And um, so, yeah, there's probably not one thing, um, Pat, they, they just, you know yourself, watching the game, you've been around enough that you see someone go, wow, yeah, especially yeah. someone you didn't know. You know these rough diamonds you've never seen before, and um, and makes you oh geez, and sort of you know write down a number. Um, there's a young boy actually down in Otago. Um, he played Otago um, sixteen boys, and he played um, he played for Auckland Open Men um, on the wing. Uh, call him the Dusra, and he comes. Um, he's a, he's another one, but I. I sh- won't talk too loud, otherwise Raul might be listening and, and pluck him out. Uh, so he's one on the radar, mate. Yeah, a little young fella coming through. Um, yeah. How big is the How big is the vault there, Hicks? Like, how long do you do you lodge little pieces of information, those little nuggets? Do you, how long do you hold on to those for? So you know, for these cats out there that are playing and they think, oh, you know, next week they're going to forget. Like, how long do you hold on to this for? And you go, you know, I watched you a couple of years ago, and that's why you got this call up to come to this camp. Is that a reality or? But I'll tell you what, 2012, when I was selecting the, the team, also there was selector, was a guy selecting uh, um, New Zealand 19 boys. And um, so we were having a talk at Smoko, and he says, oh, have you any, any talent coming through? I went, yeah. So I'd named all the guys on my list. There's about 15. There's 15 I was looking at. And um, there was three I said that he hadn't seen. Um, and... Um, uh, yeah, one was actually playing for North Harbour, Mick, Sean Stevenson, who's playing for the Chiefs now. Um, but there was two others that I mentioned. And um, the next day, when I put my names up to Pete, um, a cross went through them. I was going, what's that? Goes, oh, they're going, the priority here is the, the 19 boys. And I was like, damn, I was happy for them. Uh, but, but back then, I was like, far out, you know. And um, it was Aaron Biddle and Jason Mimi Thompson. And oh. those boys could play, man. So, yeah. But they were selected in a um, in a higher team. But I guess you know, at the end of the day, when we're talking shop, you know, as long as you know it's helping the players evolve and, and, and move through, yeah, you know, I share that stuff. But then there are times when, um, yeah, just gotta you know, mum's the word, just just, <laughs> just to do a bit more homework, eh? and then yeah. uh, keep keep your cards tight. I'm not the greatest poker player, but I play with with glasses, so you know. I do. I, <laughs> I see you with your you 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 got your glasses on and you and you run around the tent with your little secrets, man. I know you got those secrets, Hicks. <laughs> yeah. No comment. <laughs> um, what is what is the what does the next ten years look like for our sport, brother? If, if you could uh, get your little magic ball out and, and make some things happen uh, for our sport over the next ten years, I guess what do you what do you see things uh, looking like? Well, probably if we go back ten years, you know, you look. At, at, there was a changing of the guards, you know, the Bay of Plenty with the best mixed team out. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, counties come through, um, you know, and then Canterbury win the mixed grade. Um, then you've got their big Canterbury era of the men's team. 
Um, and then, then the other men's teams come up. And then the women's grade, you know, took shape. And at least you fast forward to five years ago, um, Otago touches the powerhouse in the South Island now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're featuring in so many gay, grades. Um, you know, that battling out with Auckland and now Nelson. You know, they make the mixed grade final. And, you know, all of a sudden, Dean Williams comes back in Thames Valley's top four. Um, you know, mind them and, and Dali are coaching. So I think some of the biggest changes, um, you know, I think it's going to be the people yeah. um, of all we moving forward. Uh, because if you, if you just use, you know, Otago um, as an example, you know, Tony Wall, Damien Bird, and you know, the mahi those two have done mm. uh, for that province, um, along with Grant, you know, it's, and then, you know, you throw Raul in the mix. You know, he was, I first met um, while he was the New Zealand 15 mix coach on the Gold Coast. Um, and, and now, look, you know, we rolled as that was 2013. Um, so I, I think the next 10 years, I think PTL, um, I think that product is going to have a, have a big effect in the growth. Um, it'd be great to have a relationship with, you know, the Super Rugby Clubs. And, and you know, if, if our provinces, do you imagine if Otago played Canterbury and Super Rugby in both those provinces? We're playing touch in the curtain raiser um, under the roof down there. That, that'd be awesome. And yeah. hopefully, man, the NRL, because uh, that, that was an um, unbelievable experience to be a part of that, Pat, you know, yeah. coaching at Mount Smart, being you know, assistant to the men's and women's, and then mm. probably Suncourt Stadium. Bro, that was unreal when we went there. Um, if that could become a, a regular fixture, you know, the next 10 years will look really bright. And I think ultimately, the Commonwealth Games and it was really awesome listening to, to Niall. Yeah. You know, how she talked about, you know, some of the insights before the first time they tried to, you know, put it there and Bill Kerr. So, mm. yeah, I think, you, you know, imagine that, Pat, you know, I think whether we were part of the, the coaching or you were the MC or not, I think we'd probably jump on a plane and then go to those Commonwealth Games just to be a a part of that that groundbreaking moment. Oh man, I'd swim there, brother. How cool would that be to see? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how cool would be? Now I'm 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 assuming it's in Waiheke if I'm swimming anywhere. But um, oh, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. um, what has what has been involved in in our game, uh, either as a player, as a coach, as a, as a parent, as a as just a, a passionate Maori watching our our young brothers and sisters out there giving it their all. What has it taught? Hicker about Hicker. What have you learned about yourself as a result of being involved in this game, brother? I oh, definitely say taught me to believe in myself. Like you know, when I first got my first gig, I, I didn't believe I was really all the right person. Mm. Um, and and you know that's something that's helped me. Although I was in a band and would perform on stage for ten years, um, man, I was nervous. Um, you know, performing at some big events like the Power Power Station in Auckland, performing at big gigs. Um, I was really nervous. Parihaka Peace Festival, Youth World Indigenous Conference in Waitangi. You know, these were, there were thousands at the, these places, and yeah. I was just so nervous. But through through touch, um, having to you know speak in front of, of of the group, especially strangers. You know, ultimately, I don't you know don't know a lot of these people mm. um, that I that when I first start working with them. So yeah, believing in myself, um, um, Pat, I think that's probably something that's that touch has really helped me with mm. <clears throat> because like I said, it was something that I, I never did. didn't really believe I was, a, was good enough for the white person for, yeah. for different jobs. Um, and I think taking into what's happening around the globe now, I think I've always made the most of, of, of the opportunity and been so grateful and humbled for the opportunity to be the touch maker and the coach. Yeah. But, but now with, 
you know, when it looked like, man, we, we can't even play sport anymore. Mm. It's given me even more, you know, grateful so much more that um, the role I'm, I'm in and, you know, to pass the thoughts on to the next coach mm. is that, um, you know, really, really make the most of, of every moment uh, because, you know, we don't know this could be, hopefully not, but, you know, other things could happen and, you know, we don't even know if we're going to be travelling travelling Australia yet, you know, who knows. Um, Youth World Cup's meant to be in Manchester, that's probably not looking likely. So, mm. you're yeah, making the most of it, of it, Pat, and, um, you know, the, 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 the friendships, the bonds and touch, as you know, it's, it's, it's different to any other sport I've been involved with touch. Yeah. Um, and I think because it's a user-paid sport, you know, the sacrifice financially that our players have to make, um, whether it be at pro- provincial level or, or New Zealand Masters, um, it's just so, so big. So you want to make sure, you know, that they're giving their all. You want to make sure you're still giving your all um, and doing justice to the to the colours. You got anything on that bucket list or the, that touch bucket list that, uh, that you can run through us real quick? Well, what's still on that uh, on Hicker's uh, touch bucket list that, that you want to achieve before you uh, hang up the, the clipboard, brother? Yeah, Test Series one against Australia and um, I was lucky 2013 I coached the New Zealand 30 mix and um, we we won that series 3-0. Um, our 30 women's won also and the 35 men's. Um, and um, so, you know, lucky enough to do that with, with, with the Masters, a Test Series. Uh, but a Test Series at the touch base in the, the, the World Cup, man, that's, that, mm. that, that's the biggest one that's, um, that, that's on the list. New pack. Love it! I uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to 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 seeing that happen. I was really looking forward to Open Trans Tasman this uh, this year, brother. You know, we we were we were all ready to, to get amongst that and, and and see it all happen. But yeah, you know, I, what, I guess now yeah. with with the uh, with the new time frame, it just gives uh, yourself, Raul, uh, Gene, and 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 B an opportunity just to reflect on whether or not I should be a part of the high performance team in some sort of um, you know uh, mentoring capacity. <laughs> so I'll just uh, oh, I'll tell you what, Pat. You know. Doing what you've done with this, um, I've listened to. There's only one more I've got to listen to. Um, I started to listen to it, but I'm. I don't like stopping. Pat. I like to listen to the whole thing in a, a um, entirety. So you know, in full. And that's. Um, yeah. I've listened to everyone's. I've yet to listen to to Mrs. So I'm really looking forward to Mrs. And I know oh. it'll be. It's going to be awesome. Um, just quietly, that is my favourite, and that's nothing against anyone that I've, um, you know, yeah. that I have uh, had a yarn with because yeah. I've loved every conversation I've had. Um, maybe even even Bill Kerr, um, but uh, but 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 Mitters <laughs> was something else, bro. And and um, even just the 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 backstory behind how that even came to be, like um, there's yeah, that's that, that's a little special a special one that one. I, I'll always love that yarn, bro, and I think you'll enjoy it too, Kazi, because we touch on some stuff that. Um, um, that's really cool on that episode. So you'll enjoy that one. Make sure you got the got the headphones on and 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 got some snacks for that one because it's a it's a doozy, bro. Yeah, well, you know, knowing knowing Mitha, I'm grateful to call Mitha a really good friend. Um, and yeah, man, he's, you know, when you're around him, um, you just gravitate to, to him. You know, his, his values and um, he's an awesome leader. Mm. You know, really really humble, but he's actually a really articulate speaker and. He's a really, really clever man, Mister, um, and he comes from a you know got awesome financial support, and I'm pretty sure he talks about all the people that helped him get, get to where he is. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to listening to, to the bros because um, yeah, while he's while I've been around, he's been a real, he's been really awesome, you know, to, to catch up with and and help me when I first come into the environment. So he wasn't just 
working with the players, you know, he was really good with us. Um, you know, new people on the on the scene. So, yeah, I can't wait, bro. My favourite thing about uh, about touch hicks, and, and I think this is probably why I gravitate to this to this sport the most. It's certainly why I give as much as I give to this code versus you know some of the others that that employ me for my for my amazing good looks and my velvet tone. Um, <laughs> but but uh, velvet tone, I like it. <laughs> the, 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 the reason I love uh, touch, brother, is because it is the sport to me that allows. Uh, Māori Pacifica people to shine bright and and just excel and it's it's and then that's not just uh, our players but it's our our coaches like yourself uh, it's our our managers our referees man I could name you two three four five six yeah. amazing Māori especially on the world stage you know you name the number ones yeah. at the at FIT world number one level and they're all Māori you know that's some beautiful Māori brothers that are flying that flag but. But but the most important thing for me, bro, is is it's 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 the inclusion that I feel like the sport allows for someone like a, a chubby brown brother like me uh, to be involved in in a, in a sport. And, and I have some some conversations with people that I that I can't believe that I'm even blessed enough to be in the room having a conversation about how we can articulate things like Afi and and talking to to Pam about a, a wellness, you know, awesome. um, you know, yep. and just stuff like that, bro. And I think uh, that's why I was really looking forward to, to talking to you because I think, you know, when I see you doing what you do and I sit there and watch uh, you in the, in the commentary booth with Georgie and, and, and think, man, how cool is it that the, the sound of our game is, is articulated by two um, amazingly well-spoken Māori brothers and how cool is that, you know? So, I think um, you're too kind, Pat. Too kind, brother. Appreciate that. It's, it's what I love about Touch, brother. And I think um, you know, as we've touched on, uh, mind the pun in this in this all between between you and I tonight has just been why I think Touch to me will always be uh, my favourite code for 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 Brown brothers like myself. You know. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I just want to mention um, Pat, um, just my support base and my wife's my rock. Mm. Um, she played with Touch in the time, won a few Maori national titles. Uh, Played for New Zealand 30 women's and, and um, the mixed and also made New Zealand mixed squad. So she understands the whole show, which um, I'm so lucky that we have similar passions. Yeah. And, you know, life's like a bit of a game at times. So very grateful my wife and our son, that's sort of my unbreakable circle. Mm. Um, I'm a kōrō now, Pat. Oh. Um, my granddaughter's going to be two on Thursday, the Tanifa twos, bro, the Sutu <laughs> two. So... Um, you know, talk about being reminded about, you know, how, how easy life is at times, you know, for babies, full puku, the nappies change, yeah. you know, let's roll, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just so um, grounding, you know, earth keeps me really, really grounded and I'm sure you've got nieces and nephews, you know, mm. that, that won't, when you're around them, um, everything else doesn't matter. So, you know, I'm, I'm very, very grateful, um, for that support base and, um, I don't even go out anymore, Pat. I just hang out with the granddaughter and uh, yeah. watch Papara Kapi and um, yeah. Puppy Ma. <laughs> yeah. I know all the episodes, bro. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny because uh, someone was saying, "Man, how have you, um, you know, how have you, how have you found the, um, the, the lockdown?" You know, and they asked me that question, and I'm like, "Man, this is business as usual for me. I never left the day. <laughs> I never left the house before." You know. I'm on your walker. So <laughs> oh, totally agree. Totally agree. Pat, if I could just mention just a couple of players Hit me. that I've seen um, over the years, man, that, that really stand out. Corpoire, hey, out of the bay. He's right up there, Mike Daly, Patrick McGarvey. Mm. Um, Choice, Choice Skinner, uh, Powder's brother. Um, man, I've watched that guy 
disrupt the best of teams, but stay focused in his role. He's a real master at it. Um, Leo Remus, Louis Bartlett, uh, Manu McGregor, uh, Bruce Kake, Jason Sulimaka. I think I mentioned Faith and Henny Tote, C. Stanton, and Charlene Bannister, um, Amy Jean, and, and Liana Fox. You know, there's a, there's a few players there that um, just love watching, you know, and if they were still played in this era, they'd just be good as the, the current touch black. Yeah. And then just lastly, just a shout out to Walters, Peter Walters and Peter Mack. Uh, I've been really, really big in, in, in my career. Um, and my late friend, Michael O'Hehe, he's a local guy, so gave over 30 years to our province. Um, so I just wanted to just acknowledge the people that I, I guess fell in love with watching and, and like I said before, the people that, that believed in me and um, hopefully I could pass that on to the to the next coach and next coach is coming through and um, like I said at the start, Pat, man, this is an unreal cope-up with each of um, you've planted. Um, the words getting around, man, so many of us are talking about the podcast um, and like I said, I don't even know what episode this is but I've only missed one uh, but I'm going to make sure I get a nice hot chocolate and Listen to White It Is Finest, Mr. Graham. And um, nice. yeah, once again, bro, Namanaki Tanga Kiakui, Metal Whanau. And stay well and stay safe, brother. Oh, I appreciate it, bro. And I'm really, really looking forward to getting your signature on my Change the Two Minute Music petition. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. oh, bro, I got you back. But unfortunately, man, it's just, yeah, it's so iconic. I, yeah. just, I just, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, uh, I, I'll tell you what, bro, I, I will, I will, I'll, I'll put the old, um, I'll put this one out there. Mm. I'll put this one out there. I reckon poor year wouldn't go down too bad, brother. You know, just before tap off from the party of Māori Club. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep the iconic music. I'll keep it there. But if, yeah. if it was ever to change, bro, that's a white. So then I'd throw it because everyone knows. Everyone knows poor year, yeah. bro. Well, that, <laughs> I went to uh, I went to Samoa with Matua Finney, Finney Davis uh, a while back, and you know he's talking about Māori's coming back this year, and I was really looking forward to that. So maybe we slot in poor year for the two minute music at <laughs> Māori's. How's that? Hey, eh? <laughs> hey, hey, you never know, man. Let's make yeah. it happen. Hey, bro, I uh, appreciate the yarn, Cassie. Thank you so much, and, and give my love to the family, and and uh, you look after yourself. We'll see you in the world, heels, brother. Kill it, bro.